What does it actually mean to be a bad bitch? I'm your host, Valerie Martin, and if you're asking me, it means being fully alive, unstoppable, kicking ass at the things that light you up, and being permanently unavailable for the things that make you feel like shit. Whether you're a boss bitch business owner or just someone who goes hard on your personal and professional growth, buckle the fuck up and get ready to be inspired, challenged, and take action. Let's do this, boo. What's up, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of Bad Bitch Therapist Podcast. You are in for a treat with this one, my new friend, Kelly Hayes. We are talking pretty privilege and ego death and so much more. Can't wait for you to hear this one. One thing that I wanted to share right here at the top is that I had a great brainstorm chat with my podcast producer, the amazing Simona Costantini, earlier this morning. And I told her that I really want to work on tightening up these interviews so that they're even more valuable for y'all listening, that you're getting these tangible strategies, tactics, even just inspirational ideas that are really exciting that you feel like you can take out and implement in your life. So just keep that in mind for future episodes. This conversation was recorded a couple weeks back, so it's probably a little more in my usual flowy style. And not that there won't be any room for like organic flowy conversation because that's just me, but I just wanted to give you that heads up that that is my goal to keep tightening it up, to keep making it even more valuable for y'all listening because this is so important to me that you love this and that I can make it even better for you. So with that said, let's jump into what I've been watching, reading, and loving lately. Recently, my husband and I went to the theater and saw this little indie film called Polite Society. It premiered at Sundance this January, and it is a British action comedy drama. How's that for a genre? Written and directed by Nita Mansour in her feature film debut, directorial debut, and it was so good. It stars uh, largely a group of Pakistani people living in London, a family and community, and that one of the actresses, Nita Mansour, or not Nina Menzer, that's the director. Nimra Bucha, I believe, is her name. She was in Ms. Marvel, too. And the crazy thing, if you saw Ms. Marvel, the series on, on Disney+, Plus, which I highly recommend, her character is, like, so freakishly similar. But I don't think there's any overlap in the writing staff, which is just interesting. But loved Polite Society. Highly recommend you check it out. It is all kinds of twists and turns. Reading recently, really just my cello music. I've not been reading a lot. But I have been trying to practice my cello most days, not getting in as much practice as I'd like, but some is better than nothing and slowly, slowly making progress. So stay tuned on hopefully some more books soon, book recs. And what I've been loving is this amazing app called Telegram. In fact, Simona, my producer, I got her in there this morning. I've been telling her about it and I was like, you got to get in this app. It's amazing. For any of y'all who've used Voxer or WhatsApp, It's very similar in a lot of ways, but the user interface is gorgeous, so fun. The emojis are amazing. The reactions, just the the whole design of it is beautiful. I'm obsessed with it. And I also just got the premium version where you can listen, not just listen to the voice message that someone sends, but you can transcribe it. So if you're in a place where you can't easily listen to it, you can read what they sent. So obsessed, love geeking out on tech stuff. And one more thing before we jump into our guest. 
is that I have an exciting announcement of a new thing that I have created. It is called Procrastination Prescription. It is a free tool that is designed for you to use over and over again in under 10 minutes each time, anytime that you find yourself procrastinating or avoiding something that's important to you. Whether it's like the necessary stuff that you're like, oh, I have to do this for my job or for life admin reasons or just like keeping my home tidy. Or it's something that you're wanting to work toward. Like, I really, I've started this book or I have this outline for a book, but I'm avoiding sitting down and, you know, setting my fingers on the keyboard and going with my writing. So whatever the thing is, whether it's a goal or habit that you are wanting to work toward, but find yourself avoiding or procrastinating, this tool is for you and it's free. You can go to bit.ly slash procrastination dash rx and that's all lowercase that'll be in the show notes and i hope you guys love it okay so our guest today is kelly hayes she is a quantum coach who uses transformational approaches that are proven to create change at the subconscious level she's passionate about co-creating with high achieving women that are ready to shatter glass ceilings and lean into their calling kelly uses her gifts with the intention of raising the vibrational energy of the universe by empowering others to live in gratitude, live authentically, and live unconditionally. I think you guys are going to love this conversation with Kelly. I met her through Quantum Coach Academy, where I am currently working through the same certification stuff that she is. It is so much fun. It's been such an incredible experience. If you have questions about QCA and might consider joining that, please also message me about that. I'm happy to tell you about my experience. And let's jump into the conversation with Kelly. Kelly, thank you so much for being here today. I'm super excited for our conversation. I am too. With like two bad bitches in the same podcast, we are. <laughs> yes. We're going to serve some magic. I'm so excited. Absolutely. Like, I think I barely needed, I mean, I got a little bit of a sense of kind of your vibe from seeing your very first little intro video in, in QCA, the program that we're both in. But, but then going to your Instagram and seeing that like bad bitch, just like front and center, I was like, okay, yep. I need to know this girl. I need to be friends with this girl. <laughs> yeah. Us bad bitches need to stick together. <laughs> yes. So as I was kind of doing my little digging and prepping for this, I clicked on your link in your Instagram bio and I was like, oh, tell me about unesthetic baddie. What does that mean? <laughs> So unesthetic baddie came from, I was actually thinking about, so I had a podcast, it's called No Offense And, and we've been put on a break. I have a partner and I was thinking about like, what would my next podcast be? And I am a self-proclaimed bad bitch, as I feel like all women can be like, this is not just for Instagram models. Like it is an energy. It is a behavior that every woman can embody. And even though I am a self-proclaimed baddie, like I am not the aesthetic girl. Like mm. I am a tomboy at heart. I like don't understand Instagram. I don't have the cute fluffy, all the things. My house is an aesthetic, like all of those things that we value and mm. see on social media as being a bad bitch or being a baddie is not me. Like I'm mm. a baddie because I have an energy that I exude and that is it. So that's where the unesthetic baddie came from. I love that. And, and I'm so glad to see, like, I don't know if you would describe it this way, but kind of like zooming out with all those social media trends, it's like Instagram is kind of coming back around to being, I think a little more 
kind of not raw, but like just a little less of that aesthetic polished, like, look at my perfect home. It's like a little bit less of that since TikTok came on the scene. And it's just like, oh, this video went viral. I'm just sitting in my car. Right. And so it's, it's kind of nice to see that because for so many years, yeah, it's like, oh, I have to have the perfectly crafted caption, the perfect setting for every shot, lighting filters, like just exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) exhausting is it and it makes it makes other people feel less than when we have this perfectly curated life and aesthetic and feel it and look and you're comparing it to something that is curated right like Mm -hmm. yes some people may live their lives like that but I think a lot of the people even now that portrayed that at one point they're like actually this is what my house looks like I have kids Mm -hmm. it's a mess I clean it up specifically for Instagram videos or TikTok videos but yeah, it is exhausting. And I'm glad it is coming around because for a long time, that image and portrayal and what was on social media for so long was really hard on my own mental health and seeing that all the time. So I'm so glad it's getting more into this authentic kind of real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so for anyone who's watching this on YouTube or seeing a, a video clip of this, and they're like, mm, easy for you to say, Kelly, like what you're not aesthetic, like looking at your feed going like all of these images are beautiful. Right. And I know one of the things that we're going to talk about today is pretty privileged. So I would love to just dive right into it. Tell us sort of your sense of what that means and what it means for you and your experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I want to start because sometimes I can go just, I get a little passionate sometimes <laughs> and I don't want to lose the message. And I want to start by acknowledging that privilege is a system of oppression. Privilege has been designed to put us in categories, to classify us as good, bad, less than, better, great, and all of these things in between. And we are continuously looking at the system as a place to feel shame, as a place to feel less than, and it can be really activating for people. So I want to share this story because I have a completely different vision of privilege because I very much believe in manifestation and a part of manifestation is really embodying what we want, not what we don't have. And if we continue to focus on all of the things that privilege has been has been built to do for us, which is again, keep us separated, keep us feeling in this low vibrational frequency. I see privilege as something that is very beautiful, something that we should celebrate, something that we should use to help and spread equity and justice and opportunity for others because it is our own superpower whether it's something that we've earned that we deserve, like maybe it's education, or maybe it's something that we've been just born into, like being white, all of those things, instead of feeling shame for that, we should take our ladder, knock Mm -hmm. it down, so it becomes a bridge. Mm -hmm. And so as I'm sharing my story, I'm just hoping, right, I'm only an expert in me, that if it's activating for you, dive into that. Why is this activating for you? And maybe it's not necessarily pretty privilege. Maybe it is because you have white privilege. Maybe it is because you live in the United States. Everybody has privileges. No matter who you think you are, you have privileges in some capacity. Maybe you're able-bodied, whatever that may be. Mm. 
And if it's activating, really reflect on that. Do some soul searching, deep dive a little bit and see why it's activating so we can heal that, move forward, and again, use it for good instead of evil. And if you are seen and you feel heard with my story, like I'm, I hold you, I understand you, and I give you permission to use this to release any of that shame and guilt that you have so you can move forward. Mm. So that's my little speech that I prepared. <laughs> Love it. Thank you. And pretty privileged for me. Again, it's something that I can't help. It's, it's being beautiful and being within the standards of beauty that have been created. That's something that I can't help. That's, that's not my fault. I fall within those standards. And it was brought to my attention when I was really young. My dad told me about pretty privilege. He said, Hey, Hmm. I want you to know that you experience the world different from others because of the way that you look period. Wow. I had no idea. I had no idea. Like I, it was a privilege. I didn't know I had, I didn't know that people were treated differently because they weren't as quote unquote beautiful as me. And I held a lot of shame and I held a lot of guilt. And I, I also, because I knew I had that privilege, I made sure to maneuver my world in a way where it was inclusive for everybody, knowing that not everyone got treated the same way. And because I am quote unquote beautiful, I was the victim to a lot of bullying and a lot of harassment from men, a lot of strained relationships with other women that felt less than or insecure or activated just by looking at how I look. And for whatever reason, being beautiful, you almost become a target. Like, for example, (laughs) you know, again, I'm aesthetically beautiful. I'm within the beauty norms for body shape, body type, that type of thing. And so people have always felt that they were entitled to either touch me. Mm -hmm. They were entitled to talk about my weight, not knowing that even though I'm quote unquote within these standards, like I struggled with my own eating disorders and my own relationship with food. And so just because I fit within this standard of like, oh, she's, she's beautiful. She must be perfect. She's okay. Like I was a victim to a lot of attacking and a lot of, yeah, a lot of, a lot of bullying, a lot of bullying from other women. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that the, the harm that can happen with, as you've described any, any system of oppression is that people on all freaking sides of it are getting harmed. Right. And sure we can say like, it's not, it's not the, you know, trauma Olympics of comparing, well, yeah, but that harm that you faced isn't as bad as the harm that someone without pretty privilege, like it's not fucking competition. Right. But it is true that people on all sides that of that are getting harmed when I've learned about this, you know, the image that always comes to mind for me is, is sort of, I forget, I'm sure it has a name. I can try to look it up and put in the show notes, but the idea of social location, right? And that it's like, if, look at let's look at this kind of neutrally. We all have a social location. And so if we put at the center of this sort of bullseye, every possible identity that we could think of that would be the most privileged of that identity. So like if it's race, it's white, right? If it's gender, it's male. If it's 
you know, aesthetic, it's, you know, thin, certain features, like just all of the things, like everything it's Christian in our country, like all of these identities that would be at that, at that bullseye. And then from, from that, like, how far are you out? Because many of them are non not binary. Right. So it's like with pretty privilege, I have more than some people and less than other people. Right. And, and then there's some that maybe are a little more binary, like I'm white, period. <laughs> You're not, I mean, some people might be less white. That's true. I'm just all white. But yeah, so it's this idea of social location that we don't have to judge, just identify, be willing to do that work of identifying where my social location is, where are the places I maybe hold more privilege than some others, where are the places I hold less privilege. And so I think that's a, be a beautiful thing, no pun intended, that you have this awareness, because I do think that that's something that goes unspoken and like, God forbid, uh, I, I'm sure there are places where if you, if that little soundbite was taken out of context that, you know, women would be like, oh my God, I can't believe she's so vain. She's sitting here calling herself beautiful. And it's like, well, it's just, you just are. And like, let's just call it what it is. And it's a neutral thing. And yes, it means that you get treated differently in some ways. And that's a positive thing. And it's a harmful thing. Yeah. Agreed. 100%. I mean, yes. And I benefit from being beautiful, right? Like there are a plethora and I could tell stories of like, I should have probably gone to jail or I should have probably been in a lot of trouble. Mm. And I got out of it because I'm beautiful. Like maybe there's other factors, but like, you know, if I really look at it, like what, what was different from me to somebody else that I got out of trouble. And it's probably because I was pretty. It's probably because I maybe flirted a little bit with a cop and because I'm cute, I can get away with it. Like, mm -hmm. yes, there's benefits. And that's where I find it's a beautiful thing. And how can I use those benefits to help others? And again, create that ladder into a bridge so I can open the doors for other people. And when it comes to something like pretty privilege, it's just acknowledging everybody because not everyone is seen the way that I'm seen in the world and making sure that I'm inclusive to everybody. And I, and I point out genuinely to other women when I think they're beautiful, whether they have a pair of glasses on that I love and they frame their face so beautifully, or they have this outfit on that just screams confidence and I can just tell that they look beautiful, whatever that is, I can use this awareness to help others and make other people feel seen. And I wish that was maybe something that I had, right? Because I mm. have the back end bullying and the treatment. And I know what it's like to have this privilege that everyone's like, you're beautiful. Your life can't be that hard. You're so lucky. I'm so lucky. And yet I've had to dim my light around so many people. And that's a big piece of shadow work that I've had to work through is why am I dimming my light? Because I'm beautiful and it's activating for others. And it's making me feel like shit internally. It's making me feel confused about who I am. I'm even putting clothes on to go to a girl's night birthday, knowing that maybe I shouldn't wear the pink pants. Maybe I should wear something where I blend in a little bit more so I don't make others feel less than, but that's doing the opposite. I should just be celebrating who I am and taking ownership of who I am and being a leader in that. So it invites others to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing I love about how you like are framing and telling your story around this is I think it's clear that you've done a lot of work around it because we know that when people 
are uncomfortable with the privilege that they have, they will look for ways to sort of deflect it and, and like be like, well, yeah, but right. Yeah. I have this privilege, but it's negated by the fact that like for people who are not watching this, like you're not white. Right. And so some people who maybe hadn't done their work around this might be like, well, yeah, I have this privilege, but this, and both of those things are true. Like there may have been other oppression that you have faced by not being at that, you know, center of the bullseye with, with ethnicity, but it's that they don't negate each other. They're just both true at the same time. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. Like I could, I could sit here and say, Oh, boohoo. I'm so pretty. Like the world sucks. Like men touch me and they feel entitled to my body, even though like it's not invited and it's not welcomed, or I feel unsafe sometimes in scenarios because I have men that look at me and stare at me and it makes me feel very uncomfortable. Like, yes, there's plenty of things that are a downfall to this privilege. But again, if I continue to focus and highlight on that and allow it to keep me low, how is that benefiting me? And how is that benefiting the collective as a whole? Like I have a privilege. Yes. There are downfalls to it. Yes. And yet I'm going to celebrate all the beauty in that and really use it to help the collective and everyone else around me just by knowing and acknowledging and beauty is not my only privilege, right? Like I'm, <laughs> I'm blessed to be able-bodied. I'm mm -hmm. blessed to have an education that I'm the first in my family to ever graduate mm -hmm. from college that, you know, I'm, I live in the United States living here in itself is a privilege. I mean, there's so many other things that I have. I just use this particular story to kind of highlight all of those different privileges in anyone else. So, yeah. Yeah. And because it's, it's one that tends to go unspoken, you know, like nowadays it's like, we're talking more about like, you know, okay, racial identity and racial privilege and racial oppression. And, the, and, you know, similarly with, with size, we're doing that more with gender, we're doing that more, but there's like these kind of untouchable things. And so it's like, no, we can actually talk about this too. We can name it. That would be okay. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Like, again, it shouldn't be something that we hold so much shame around. It shouldn't be something that we should be guilty about. Like celebrate these things. Like I am beautiful and I'm going to celebrate that I'm beautiful. And I'm also not beautiful just because of the way that I look on the exterior. I'm beautiful yeah. because of how I am on the interior because I love people. I'm compassionate. I have empathy, all of these other characteristic traits that maybe if you're looking at me and you know my personality and it's like, oh, she's smart, she's beautiful, she carries herself well, she's loving, she's all of these other things. Like what is really activating for you? Is it that I'm physically beautiful or is it other things that I'm mirroring to you that you are lacking and it's become this thing? And again, that resistance, that, that activation is something to celebrate and to look forward to. It's a sign. So many times it can be scary to be activated and be like, wow, she said this thing or she looks like this and I feel less than and run from it. No, lean into it. Really discover why you feel this way so you can release that and welcome in what you really do want in your life. Sure. Yeah. That like you're saying the shadow work of like when, when that sort of, you know, gremlin comes up for me of like finding someone like on social where I'm like, ugh. God, I'm just like irritated, just looking, you know, I'm activated. And then whether it's that, you know, God, she's look at her and her hundred thousand followers, like, you know, just that comparison and go, okay, interesting. And I always love envy is inspiration in disguise. And so where is this touching on the pain in me of going, I could do that. 
right? I could do some of this and okay, use that, use that as fuel and then celebrate her and be like, Hey, thanks for fueling my inspiration here. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. And if, and if you're following someone on social media, that is activating like that. And if you can't turn into the inner work, stop mm. following them. Yes. Like, please. Yeah. <laughs> Stop being activated and unfollow them and figure out why did I unfollow her? Is it because she's actually beautiful or is it because she has messaging that's not aligned with me? Is exactly. I and Z, you know, like use these pieces of activation to grow and become better and release pain instead of brushing. I've brushed a lot of shit under the rug for a mm. long time. And trust me, it always comes out no matter what you have to address it to move forward and start living a life that you really love. Yeah. And I think that that point that you made too, of like, okay, I noticed I'm activated by this. Why? Like that it is okay. It's okay to have preferences. It's okay to say, you know, I'm going to choose to just not engage with this person because what they're saying, like, doesn't align for me. That's okay. It doesn't just mean like, oh, well, because you're activated, this is just your problem and they're fine. Like, no, it might just be that you don't prefer this to engage with this person and it's totally fine to let it go. Is there any inquiry in there for what, is there something for me to learn here is a good question, but that doesn't mean that it's a problem that you're wanting to let it go. Yeah. Agreed. 100%. Yeah. So, okay. So speaking of, I'm, picturing the post that you made recently about this experience that you had in the container that we were both in. And it was really powerful and you phrased it as an ego death. And I would love for you to share just whatever of that experience or, or kind of the processing that you've taken from it that you want to share here. Oh my gosh. That was <laughs> such an incredible pivotal moment in my life. And so I describe the ego as the protective self. And I think that, again, reframing this, how can we reframe this thing that's very scary and that has a lot of shame and a lot of guilt into something more beautiful is we all have this protective self. We've all learned along the way how to dim our light, how to hide, how to change our language, whatever it is, we've all learned how to manipulate ourselves to feel safe because we've been in plenty of situations where we felt less than, where we felt talked down to, where we felt not seen, whatever it was, childhood, relationships, jobs. And I am in this really pivotal place in my life where I have my protective self that was so used to this version of who I was, who I identified as, how I was being in my life, you know, I have transitioned from being in the corporate world, making lots of money in sales to being laid off and now really going into my calling, which is coaching. And in those moments, I've had a lot of resistance. I have this new version of me that I'm ready to step into that I know, I know now I have so much clarity in who I want to be and how I want to serve the world. Yet I have this old protective self that has kept me small, that has done all of these things to keep me safe and it's no longer serving me. And so during the program, we had the proprietary quantum shift technique. <laughs> <laughs> and as she was describing the tool and I knew it was going to be demoed, I literally felt all of my insides screaming to say, 
put it in the chat, say it now, say, I want to be the demo. And I still had my protective self saying, nope, nope, mm. we're not ready. It's okay. We're good. Even though we were talking about reaching out to our therapist again and quitting the program <laughs> and all of these things, we're fine. Just, just let someone else take that moment for you. And luckily last minute, I, I said, yes, let me do it. And to describe a little bit to all of the viewers, I was led through almost like a really beautiful visualization. And I had a lot of stagnant energy that I mm -hmm. felt in my body. And the more that I've become reconnected to my body, less dissociated, done a lot of the shadow work, I can feel that energy now and I could feel it trapped. And she opens up the tool to how would you like to release it? Do you want to move your body? Do you want to cry? Do you want to scream? Whatever it is. And I said, I want to scream <laughs> and I want to cry. And I turned off my screen. She allowed me to have the space and Valerie, you could probably attest. I don't think I've ever screamed that loud before ever in my life. <laughs> and I full blown release cried. I, I, I have grown up in a way where crying was not allowed unless I was physically injured or hurt. Mm. So it's something that I've been actively trying to do more. And so in that moment, I just screamed as loud as I could to release that energy, cried and allowed everything to kind of purge. And we kind of continued on in the meditation and I felt so free. All of the self-talk that I had in my head. I'm a very aware person. Like I'm the person in therapy that's like, I know why I messed up. My parents did this and then this happened and I know I do this and I act like this and I, these are the behaviors and I know people are responding. Like I'm- You've very, got the insight. I've got all of the insight. Like I know why I'm fucked up. <laughs> but, but I don't actually know, right? Cause sometimes you just have this energy that's trapped in your body. Like yeah. the body keeps the score, right? Like our bodies have- been conditioned for so long with the protective self and when I was able to release that I had nothing in my head I wasn't overthinking I wasn't contemplating I wasn't trying to figure it out it felt so freeing and I didn't realize until the next day when I was reflecting on that experience because I was almost in this high and I've never had an ego death before but I remember having a podcast episode last year where someone else was sharing the experience of doing ayahuasca and going through an ego death. And I remember saying to her, like, I want that. I'm going to go do plant medicine and I'm going to have this <laughs> ego death. I feel like I'm ready. I wasn't ready. I just wasn't like, that's obvious because it happened that day with you. And that ego death, it just allowed me to get out of my head and allowed me to release all of that in my body and let go of that identity let go of that piece of me that is so scared to step into who I know I want to be right now. And it was such a beautiful reflection because I felt free. I felt, and I was able to anchor in that moment and I can tap in. I, when I anchored it in, I really held on to like my womb space and really held it and loved it and mm -hmm. felt it in my body. And so whenever I feel that moment again, I can kind of anchor into that moment of like, no, like we are a different person. We are letting go of anything that's not serving us. And we're stepping into who we are. Not to say that I'm not still having challenges. I'm still having sure. a little bit of resistance, 
But to have that moment of clarity and to have that energetic release from my body was, I'm getting like chills, just like (laughs) experiencing it, talking about it. It was such a beautiful moment. And one of the biggest things that I took from that was, it was really interesting because Ashley was saying, that's her mentor, Ashley was saying, you know, like, you're such a leader in this moment. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea of what she was talking about. I had <laughs> absolutely, no, I've never been described as a leader before in my life. I've, I may have been called pretty, but never a leader. <laughs> <laughs> and I was reflecting with Bella, who was also in the program that works with Ashley. And she was sharing how she felt with me being vulnerable and living in that moment with me. And I said, I don't have that data point. I don't understand what Ashley means when she says I'm being a leader in this moment. Could you share Mm. what that means for you so I can understand? And it really was. She said, you are vulnerable. You went there. And especially as a coach, if you are a coach and you're unwilling to even get to those places, how can you expect anyone else to do the same? Yeah. And for you to be as raw and as open and no hold barred in that situation, and you truly release and express yourself, you gave permission to everybody else to do the same. And that yeah. is what leadership is. Mm-hmm. So like, now I have this new data point of like, be more vulnerable, <laughs> be more open, like share who you really are, put on the pink pants, <laughs> mm-hmm. like do what you want to do and allow everyone else to live in that energy with you, raise the vibrational energy so everyone else can get on board. Yeah. Amen. And, and also like the thing I think is so cool about it is that is included within being a bad bitch. Right. Cause I think sometimes, you know, culturally we might have this notion of like the bad bitch, like strolling up in her leather jacket and she just like, doesn't give a fuck and would never cry and would never, you know, like ask for support because she doesn't need it because she's so tough, right? Like all that, that toughness, that grittiness, you know, those rough edges. Yeah. Yes. But also, or, and right. And the, the willingness to go deep and to get real and to get vulnerable because that's inside all of us. And so if we're pretending that it's not, we're not being our whole selves and being your whole self is the baddest bitch thing that you can do. <laughs> Agreed. 100%. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's an identity that I held onto for so long too. And again, it was my protective self, right? I lived so heavily in this masculine energy of like, I've got it. I don't need help. I don't need anyone. I can take care of this myself. Like I'm good. I'm strong. Like I, and to, to scream like that and to cry like that in front of everybody that was such a piece of me that was so raw and so open and I didn't even expect to go there, but I trusted and I was ready. Like I was ready to let go of this piece of me. And I can't even tell you like how beautiful it was to have conversations with people after about how, how seen they felt, how, how much they were able to move their own energy within my experience and we became so much more connected and closer and we can share this moment. Being vulnerable is so strong. Like it is so beautiful and it's so empowering. It's not something to feel shame or guilt around, just like our privileges. Like it's such a important piece of who we are. And 
yeah, to have, have that moment was incredible. And if you ever need a little ego death moment, QCA drop right now, Valerie, yes. the tools. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Go off. So Kelly, what would you like to go off about today? Okay. I thought about a few different things, (laughs) but this is something that really has been bugging me a lot lately. And I might not say this is the most articulated, so bear with me, everyone. Go for it. I'm going to be raw and honest and open with how I feel. And it's, it's something that pisses me off and I don't know how we got to this place. And I don't Mm. know why we got to this place, especially in a, nation that values freedom Mm. when did we start to lose our freedom of thought because the critical thinking skills are gone Mm -hmm. i am so sick and tired of seeing stuff on social media having conversations with people in real life listening to the news hearing the media listening to a podcast whatever it is debates online where nothing is based in fact. We are all taking pieces of information, news articles, something that someone said to me one time and making it reality. And I don't understand when we stopped questioning things, when assumptions became truth, and when we stopped being so curious because it is really, again, conditioning us to stay separated, to be so strong in our opinions that aren't even based in actual factual information that it's doing so much harm to politics to relationships with people Mm -hmm. to literally every area of our lives and i really want people to start questioning things like Mm -hmm. i've had i've had people when roe v wade was reversed i was posting facts about mm-hmm. about Roe v. Wade and why abortion became such a political, Christian, conservative viewpoint. Because mm-hmm. back in the 70s, the Christians agreed that a baby's wasn't a baby until it had its first breath, when it was delivered. And it mm-hmm. wasn't until... Christian, what is it? Like fundamentalists? Yeah. Yeah. They, they, that was also the time of segregation. And it was a moment where they felt like they were losing power. White men, Mm -hmm. right? Were losing power. And they tried to figure out what is something that we could use as a tool to cause division and regain power. And that's when they became so passionate about Mm -hmm. abortion. It wasn't because they actually care about babies. It's because they were afraid of integration between black people and white people and losing power. And so I posted something about that and someone was like, that's not true. Fact, 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 fact. It's fact. a historical fact. <laughs> like this, this proves differently. This proves mm. differently. And it was great. Right. Like instead of being mad, instead of like, right. I got curious and I said, yeah, that's really fascinating. Where did you get this information? Mm-hmm. I would love to look to see what your resources are and compare them to my resources because I made sure I fact checked. Mm -hmm. And it was so funny because he was 
he directed me to a anti-abortion feminist group mm-hmm. and it had these articles thank god they had citations so i started going to the different citations and the primary sources yes the primary sources and they were literally leading to other articles completely saying the opposite but they took that one little sentence that yeah. fit their narrative that <laughs> fit their agenda and then I brought it back to him. I said, hey, I, point, I want to point this out. I thought it was really interesting that when I was looking at your resources, it led me to this. Did you read that article? Because it's saying the opposite of what that mm-hmm. whole vibe of what you're telling me is. And yeah. start, start using your critical thinking skills. Challenge what is being said. I, I did this again. I was watching on TikTok. There was a debate between Ben Shapiro and students and, you know, because Ben Shapiro went to Harvard and he has all these things and he, he speaks really intelligently, like everyone just kind of like takes what he says is right. And they were debating about trans people. They're debating about, you know, a third gender. And culturally, there are third genders. And mm-hmm. he said, that's not right. People are made boy or girl. If you look at all of the species in the world, it's either boy or girl. And I was like, that can't be right. What Intersex. do I do? I yeah. Yes. And I'm like, there are animals that look like girls, but internally all of their biology are boys, or there are animals that convert from one sex to the other sex. And I'm like, but you see the comments and they're like, ah, oh, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, fact check, just use yeah. your critical thinking skills. Don't take everything as true and make sure that you're following people that are giving good, clear correct information that you can trust. And even in the people that you trust still fact check them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's, I'm going to have to look it up and put it in the show notes. I'm forgetting the name of it right now, but the oatmeal, which is a, a brilliant online comic guy, he did a piece and I can't remember the name of the effect, but it, it actually has a name. And essentially it's referring to the fact that if you if someone is like their heels are dug in on something and you respond by going, here is, you know, facts and sources, A, B, C, and D that actually, you know, prove that this is not true. They, when presented with facts, they will double down, right? Which we experience that, but but it's actually scientifically true that when presented with facts, they will double down. And it's just like, how, right? And so unfortunately, it's not that facts don't matter. And and I think there are times and moments where facts can persuade and they're important regardless. But also it's just like it points to that human, maybe, maybe it's one of our flaws, but it's also one of the things that makes us beautiful is that we're more moved by emotion, you know? And so unfortunately, even if the facts are the facts, we've got to find ways to appeal to the emotion of it, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Like I, I get that, right? We're such emotional beings, but like, facts and feelings are different. Oh, they are. And if, they are. And if you want to dive <laughs> in so deep and like dig in so deep around privileges, about being having white privilege, about literally anything. Again, this comes back to like what is so beautiful about America is we have freedom. Have freedom of your own thought. Are these actually your thoughts or are these thoughts that the news told you, that your cousin told you that has no fucking idea what he's talking about, but he's really passionate and he loves to get people going like have your own thought and really 
really create your own thoughts on your core values and what you believe in and what is real. What is reality? Like, it's not fun to think that reality happened, especially as a woman, that our right to have an abortion was weaponized by white supremacists and far left Christians. That sucks to think about. I agree. That makes me emotional and mad, but I really want to make sure that I understand why this is happening. So when I'm fighting for something, when I'm digging in for something, it's aligned to my own values. Like, are you just digging in because you want to be stubborn and you want to be right? Or are you digging in because it's aligned with who you are as a person? Right. And the other thing, the last point I'll say on this is like, I think sometimes some of us might think that we may be immune to like, I don't have this issue. I'm a critical thinker. I'm not like a, you know, Trump supporter or whatever. Right. Like, and so we think we're sort of in the clear and I've gone through a whole process over the years, over the past several years of kind of having to deconstruct a bunch of like new age stuff and metaphysical stuff that like I was trying to force myself to believe and it was butting up against my critical thinking. And I was like, what's wrong with me? I'm not spiritual enough. I'm not letting this in. And that was really hard for me to make sense of. And so like when I finally gave myself permission, like, yes, I can, I can try to be open in general. Yes. But I also don't have to force myself to believe something that does not align with what my critical thinking is telling me. And so I think even in these more spiritual kind of spaces that it continues to be very important. Yeah. Agreed. 100%. I mean, is this in the greater good of myself? Is this in the greater good of everyone else? Because we are all connected. I'm sure when you hear other people's stories, when I share your story, there's little pieces that you can resonate with and you can relate to because we're all so connected. I think that's something that we forget is we are all one. We all Mm -hmm. have the same pains. We all have the same struggles. They may look different. They may come in different times and ways, but we are all experiencing the same types of things. So just make sure that you really are leading with your heart, leading with love, leading with a place that feels good to you. Like if you're angry, again, the shadow work needs to come in. Why are you so angry about this? Why is this so painful for you? Because that's not, that's not going to get us to a better place. That's not going to solve any problems. Love is the answer. (laughs) So yeah. So woo woo hippie, but like it really, really is. Mm -hmm. And if there's injustice, you know, that part of what fuels that type of anger when you're angry about something because it's unjust, that's actually love fueling that. And I think that's one of the things that can help us discern, right? Is like, is this just anger because I'm triggered and I need to like, look at my shit here? Is this anger that is also fueled by love because, you know, I want to be a voice for people whose voices are being stripped for them from them, or maybe I am one of those people, right? So, oh my gosh, I could talk to you all afternoon. (laughs) This has been so much fun. Tell people where they can find you online. And if they're interested in working with you, what that would look like. Perfect. So yes. So you can find me on Instagram at Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y dot Hayes, H-A-Z-E. It is lacking because I am an unesthetic baddie and I'm trying to be more active (laughs) on there because I... I know that's a, a vessel where I can share my craft and my gift to the world, but you can contact me on there. I love to DM if you just have questions. I'm accessible that way. I also post on TikTok at dot Kelly Hayes. You can see some videos. I try and post tips on just like mindset and 
a little bit about just who I am. And then if you ever want to book a call, depending on when this launches, I'm working on all of my backend systems. Hopefully I'll have that already before then, but if not, just DM me on Instagram Perfect. or message me on TikTok. Yeah. Yay. And you have all these incredible coaching tools in your tool belt now. So anyone would be lucky to work with you. Kelly, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thank you so much, Valerie. Thank you. Hell yeah, friend, you made it to the end. I so appreciate you tuning in. And if you enjoyed this episode, make my day by subscribing and leaving a five-star review to help other people find this podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to grab my free video training on how to get shit done toward your high priority goals without getting distracted or stuck by ADHD or squirrel brain. Just head to badbitchtherapist.co slash three tips. That's .co slash the number three tips. You can follow my antics on TikTok at badbitchtherapist and on Instagram at the same, but with dots between the words. Thanks so much for being here. Now go out there and have a great fucking day.